following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. NFL Week 3 edition with the Wise Guy Roundtable. The better, Steve Fezzik on my right. The bookmaker, Matty Hold on my left. I'm R.J. Bell. Man, oh man, we got two weeks behind us. Many to go. Big week here. We got Fezzik versus the world. His power ratings against Maddie. His power ratings against public perception. The popularity polls. Also, a bunch of public pounders this week. 90 plus percent of tickets on these teams. We know the public doesn't win. So these are going to be big, scary teams we're going to look to avoid. We've got pros versus Joes. That's professionals on one side, the recreational betters on the other. We got one crossfire game. That's the better and the bookmaker going head to head. We've got a double like game where both of our guys, it's not best bets, but they both like it. And every game, we're either going to have a lean or a like from the boys. And then three best bets, including one from me. All right, guys. Fezzik versus the world's where we start. Maddie, you get to cherry pick one power rating you disagree with. For me, it's the New York Jets as a, you know, 12 points worse than average team here. They're not only, I, I don't disagree with the fact that maybe they're the worst team in the NFL. So is that a debate? Maybe not right All now. Right. So clearly the worst team, but just not as bad as Fez has them. Yeah, I mean, according to Fez's rankings, if they played San Francisco on a neutral field, San Francisco would be on a six-point favorite. And I think if you ask most people, would you lay six with San Francisco or take the six with the New York Jets? They're going to take it with the Jets, me especially. I'm going to take the six, six with the Jets every time. I don't think they're, you know, a touchdown worse than Cleveland, three point, three more than three worse than Indy, and certainly not six worse than San Francisco. I think he's a little overreacting to the New York Jets and their preseason supposed tanking. And to me, this is what makes handicapping so interesting, having to hold multiple ideas that are somewhat, at least on the surface, contradictory in your head. Because what bookmaker Matt Hole just told us is Jets worst team in the league, but they're underrated, right? They're not as bad as they seem. Fast, quick question, and then we'll get your rebuttal. Who's the, the, the second worst team in the league? Indianapolis Colts. And right now, if it were Jets, Colts on a neutral, what's the line? Colts laying two and a half. Okay, so you've got this Jets team far and away the worst team. Do you uh, are you standing sticking to your guns? Oh, absolutely. And I might add, just last week I had the Jets as the very worst team, and oh, everyone came on top of me. Oh, the Colts are worse than the Jets. Clearly, well, one week later, now it's very clear cut. The Jets are the worst. I have to say, RJ, it's possible. There's a slight bias here. The Jets have done so terrible against the spread that. I want to make that number as negative as possible. So terrible against the spread this year? No, last year. Last year. In recent history, that anything I can do with my power ratings to not make me land on this god-awful team, I do. And so at minus 12, maybe they're just a smidge too low. Minus 12 is as low as a team has ever been in week three. Okay, so so that's interesting. At this point in the season, the Jets are the worst team 
in your power ratings, and you've been doing them over 10 years. Yes, and you just told me, RJ, remember last week, oh, the, the pros are taking some uh, plus 14 on the Jets, and I'm like, I want no part of the Jets each and every week. So I've got, maybe I'm a little square here, a little public. I don't want any part of the Jets, but they are playing hard. Okay, so Fez is sticking to his ground, and you decide, right? In your actions, the listeners out there. Now, let's look at the game. We've got the Jets at home, six-point underdogs at home. And let's start Matty Holt. I can only lean Jets here, and I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a pros versus Joes game. Miami coming off an impressive uh, straight-up victory as an underdog against the Chargers. The Jets coming off as poor a performance as they could have had against Oakland and against Buffalo the week before, but they are playing hurt. I like the fact that Jermaine Curse has established himself in the receiving. I think the quarterbacks are only going to get better. Familiarity has to mean something, and motivation against the division opponent has to mean something. I like the six at home with the Jets. And the data backs up the pros versus Joes. As of Wednesday afternoon here in Las Vegas, 91% of the tickets, the tickets on the Dolphins, only 56% of the money. So some big Jets bets. Baz. Eileen Jets as well. It's all about Miami's schedule. Look at the schedule, RJ. End of preseason, they went on the road twice at Minnesota, and they went at Philadelphia. So two lengthy road trips. I know it's preseason, but you still got to get on the plane. Then they come home. Hurricanes coming out to Oxnard, California. Extended training camp out in California. Now, we looked at that, and and I didn't hear this many places. And I, maybe it was you that uh, clued us in initially. I can't remember. Do you remember who had the, the 10 days? Oh, Maddie's pointing at himself. Is That was good because, to me, watching the game and Cutler, and, and Fez, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Cutler as you finish your handicap here. Look better than people expected. Obviously, they covered. Absolutely. And I made the case that the Dolphins would be better off week one, starting Matt Moore than Cutler. But not, this was essentially week two. And I think Cutler has gone past where Matt Moore would be, that extended training camp. It's all good. But now it's bad, RJ. Now you fly home to Miami. I know some other family members did get on that plane to Oxnard with them. But you come back home. You've been gone for 10 days. Think of all the stuff you got to do. Now they got to go to Miami. And what's next? They got to pack for two weeks. They're going to London the following week. No. So I was wondering about this. Does anyone know here? I haven't found it yet. Is Miami going straight to London or are they going back to Miami? I haven't confirmed it, but I've heard that they're going to London. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Good. Wow. That's some good stuff so far from the boys. Uh, So to recap the game, we got lean. So it's either a lean, which is a smidge, right? Maybe half point off or like which is, hey, I clearly like this game. Lean or like, we got double lean in this case on the Jets. All right, Fezzik versus the world part two. This is Fezzik versus the popular opinion. Fez, you think that your opinion on the Lions is very different than the popular opinion. Oh, very much so. I have the Lions rated as an average team right in the middle. They're number 16 in the NFL, a zero for a power rating. yet. Every other poll that I've seen, I've seen a lot of people put the Lions now into the top 10. Okay, so let's start there. Do you, where do you have the Lions, Manny? I actually have the Lions eighth in my own, and I'm starting to become more and more of a believer of Jim Bob Cooter every single week and the effect that he is having on this offense and the effect that he is having on Matthew Stafford. You, you want to hear something funny? I've been saying Jim Bob Cooter uh, for so long now. Jim Bob Cooter was on Ballers. Uh, they had his name up on a board, 
and they were talking about him potentially as the Dolphins coach. And someone tweeted me and said, RJ, that's got to be the second most exciting thing on Ballers after, you know, your cameo. I am so, I guess I'm happy, so associated with people listening to all my pods and such with Jim Bob Cooter. But you're right. And if you look at the stats since he came on board as OC mid-2015, they look great. But remember, look at the last three or four games of last year. Stafford's hand was hurt significantly. His stats were horrible. And if you if after and before for like 20-some games, they're amazing. And for four games that he's hurt, they're below average. I think it's fair to take those out. So I think it's even beyond just how has Stafford done since Jim Bob Cooter came on board. I agree. And I think that the defense is playing above expectations. This could legitimately be a true contender to Green Bay. A lot of people thought they were a false contender to the Packers last year when it came right down to the end of the season. I actually believe they're a true contender to the Packers this year and maybe the best all-around team in the NFC North. Now, we all did a double take when you said that in prep. So right now, do you believe the line? Would you bet the Lions that pick them on a neutral against the Packers? I would. Wow. And I think Green Bay has one of the best home field advantages in football, and I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football, but I think the Detroit Lions have a better roster, and they're running the football. Look, Abdullah was a guy who everyone has forgotten about, their running back core in Detroit, but they look good running the football. They commit to running the football. Stafford looks good throwing the football. I, You know, Fez, I'm going to let you reply to this. I love it. I disagree adamantly. But I love the guts. I mean, like tens and tens of thousands of people are going to hear this. And I'm going to be clear. I'm RJ Bell. That was Matt Holt <laughs> that said that. Not Steve Fezzik, not RJ Bell, Matt Holt from CG Technology. And here's the thing, which is the biggest bookmaker in Nevada. So let's, and he's the vice president. So let's take it seriously. I, you know, we always say to win a sports betting, you have to be correct and you have to be contrarian. If you're correct and along with everyone else, well, the 110 grinds you down, right? If you're wrong, well, you're losing anyway. Correct and contrarian. Well, he's certainly contrarian here, Fez. While I agree that the offense can be quite good for Detroit, excellent points. The defense, I still think, is well below average. It was horrible last year. It's banged up this year. I don't even think it's going to be as good. Now, when Carson Palmer loses days, David Johnson, and he's got to carry the team. They, he can't move the ball against anyone. Eli, with all those hurt receivers, he can't move the ball against anyone. Of course, the Giants' D looks good. Uh, the Detroit D, let's see what happens when they play some real teams. And to back it up, the Detroit, Detroit right now is 2-0. and I would be willing to bet that the rest of the year, the Detroit Lions do not have a winning record against the remaining opponents. All right, so 14 games, but isn't it interesting? He said, we'll not have a winning record, which means they got to go 8-6. and six. For you to lose. You caught that. Uh-huh. All right. So, <laughs> all right. But hey, that's still, if they're better that's than the Packers. That's only 10 and 6 for the year. Yeah. That's what they did last year. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to say. Lunch I, first dinner. I take that bet. Mm-hmm. It's a bet. Okay. You got it. All right. So I love the bets. Is, he, you know, in Vegas, you know, on, on by the way, the college football dream pod uh, out every Wednesday, crack of dawn, East Coast time. And there was a bet is Ken Thompson said something and I, uh, and I said, really, let's set the bat. 
And Brad said, yeah, I'll take that bet. And King goes, you know, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> so that's the thing you got to love about Vegas, right? You, though, backed it up. So I love that, too. And, hey, I got no problem with Ken backing off that. We hold each other accountable here with the bankrolls, especially. Here's why my first thought is you're playing wrong. And then I'm thinking maybe not. Prior to Monday night, last 17 games, so it was one game this year, all last season, 16 of 17 games, the Lions trailed in the fourth quarter. Think about that. So obviously it'd be arbitrary endpoints of games. They could have been one in 16 if, you know, the fourth quarter is the fourth quarter, right? So obviously give them credit for coming back, but also we know close wins have a huge element of luck to them. Now we, if we want to say Stafford is, the guy who literally is transcending sabermetric guys saying that it's, it's luck with close games. I'm not, I don't want to make that bet, but here's the thing. 16 of those 17 games were last year. So let me ask one last question to you, Matt. What has changed? Now I get you're saying the defenses play better, but when there's only two games, how much, you know, do we know that we trust that or it, could it be as Fez started ticking off when you only play two games, it's very possible it could be the teams you're playing. Just like the Packers looked really good on D in week one. Well, we saw that it was more about Seattle. It could easily happen in two games. What are you seeing with the Lions defense? I think it's the secondary, and I think it starts at Roman Quinn, who's just one of those guys that gets his hand on a ton of balls, gets a lot of pass breakups, and we saw it again last week. Roman Quinn tips that ball up. Slay's able to come in, get the interception. One play after Stafford fumbles. Here comes Roman Quinn in that secondary again. Tip the ball up. They get an interception, get the right ball right back, go in and score. And I think that the secondary play is better. Quinn was really young. He developed. He's developed into a great player. That secondary is better than last year's secondary. And the defensive line, while banged up now, when it's finally healthy, this is at least the eight average to above average defensive line. I tell you, I, I love the fact that you've got an answer, right? So, all right, we've spent a lot of time on this game. So I want one other handicapping factor. We're going to start with you, Fez. And right now, the line, as we said, or I'm not even sure if we did, Falcons road favorites by three. And by the way, this is another example of having contrary thoughts in your head. As you were saying that you have the uh, Lions much or rated much lower than, than most people. Who do you like or lean on this game? Like the Detroit Lions. Uh, so like, or uh, you actually lean, I think it was. Uh, or, correction, lean to the Detroit all right, Lions. So lean, so it's a smidge on the lines. So you think they're overrated, but for some reason you lean towards them on this game. Because of the situational spot. They're in a home momentum um, situation where they're 2-0. and They're going to be a home underdog. And Atlanta, just with the huge opening, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, RJ, there was so much energy against the hated Packers. A little bit of a letdown spot for the Falcons. Yeah, and I think the Falcons showed that their their offense isn't quite what it was last year, you know, without Shanahan. In the first game, you can make a strong case they should have, not could have, should have lost to the Chicago Bears. If not for two drop passes in the end zone at the end of that game, the, the Falcons are one and one, and we're talking about this game as a pick em and not Falcons minus three. But instead, you have this huge in a spot, which is extremely favorable first game, opening a brand new stadium against the playoff opponent, like the Green Bay Packers, of course that place was raucous and it was crazy and Atlanta had a big game. It's a big letdown spot off that game and I think we get the week one Atlanta this week. All right, so we've got one like from 
Matty Holt, one lean. And really, you could make the power ratings. It sounds like you've got like the Lions a point and a half or so better than Faz. So that's one factor in the handicap. And that's the difference between a lean and a like. This is very instructional. Pregame.com's dream preview with Podcast One with Adam Carolla and that digital family. And we got the Wise Guy Roundtable. Great stuff from the boys. All right. We've got the public pounders. This is something where about 90% of the tickets are on one team. And man, oh man, you do not want to necessarily. Now, any given game, you can win betting public teams. But long run, it's tough. Why? Because you pay a premium. A lot of people are thinking, oh, the public loses. So I don't want to bet with the public. Well, no, the public's usually not worse than 50%. It's the VIG again, right? That dastardly VIG. And, but if you are playing with the public, you're usually laying an extra half a point if they're pounding the game. So let's, we got a bunch of them this week. Let's start. It's going to be the Broncos and the Bills. And as you could guess right now, as of Wednesday, 89% of the tickets on the Broncos. Faz, I got a question to start this. How much do we take away from Denver's domination against the Cowboys? Because quite frankly, they looked as good as any team this year, I think, in that game. Oh, no question. It was impressive. I bumped their power rating, RJ, a point and a half. And now they have them two points better than average team. That's so what was it that impressed you? Complete domination on both sides of the ball. The fact I expected their defense to be very good against everyone. It's their offense and Simeon being able to move the ball that really has me thinking maybe I should bump them even more. And I think Simeon at home in competitive games is going to be fine. I don't want him thrown on the road. So I think this is situational with Simeon until he proves otherwise. Another thing, Denver defense last year against the run, 28th in the league. They made some schematic changes from what I read and some, you know, or some player changes. Zach Elliott, Zeke. Right. Zeke. Zeke Elliott. He might not be worth a point a point now. <laughs> oh, you think? Is nine carries, eight yards in that game. Who do you like? I, I think for the same situation, you have to go Buffalo here. The one unsustainable stat, I think, is that Trevor Simeon has the lowest yards per touchdown in all of the NFL where he, you know, he's throwing a touchdown for every 70 yards passing, which is unbelievable. The average quarterback in the NFL is throwing a touchdown per every, like, 128 yards so passing. So what does that tell us? What what it's telling us is that when he's every time that he's driving the ball, he's scoring more touchdowns than the average quarterback. Your so average it's good, quarterback, right? It is good, but it's probably not sustainable. Okay, so we're saying it's a little fluky. But couldn't that stat? And again, I don't, I haven't used that stat. Couldn't that stat be a sign that they throw more in the red zone? Sure, but it's also a sign that they're finishing more drives to touchdowns than field goals. Because if you go down, you're piling up a bunch of yards like the New Orleans Saints this year, but you're kicking field goals, then you're 240 yards per touchdown. What it basically says is he's getting the ball in the red zone, and they're scoring touchdowns at a, probably an unsustainable rate. Okay, so you've got a lean towards the Bills. Yes. I, Fez, you're lean or like? Yeah, I lean towards the Bills as well. And the reason I do, RJ, is I think that Simeon may well be like that guy in your bowling league that when you're up 100 pins, he strikes out in the 10th frame every time. But when the game's close, uh-oh, he misses the head pin. He can't handle the pressure. Look at what happened to Denver when they got that lead against the Chargers and then the game got closer. It seems like he might be the opposite of what we see with the Detroit Lions and because this probably will be a close game, I want to see that Simeon can win these close games. So two leans on the Bills plus three, and the public is pounding Denver. 
Okay, the next public pounder, we've got all the Pats, 91% of the tickets. Question on this game, the main storyline in my mind, Fez, are the Patriots the best team in the league? I clearly have them the best team, not just uh, the best team, but by quite a bit of a margin. I have them seven and a half points better than the number two team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So clear cut, number one, although the national media does not agree. No, I mean, I've Colin Cowherd's got him. I, th- I thought four maybe or three this week. And you've seen other popularity polls similar. Yes. And it comes down to everyone else looks at that one loss record. I can tell you, RJ, as a professional gambler, I don't care what anyone's one loss record is. Well, no, 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 no. You care, right? It's just not, it, it's not the end all like it is for a lot of, t- right? In the AP poll or whatever in college, you lose, you've got to drop a ton. But sometimes you go on the road and lose Alabama in overtime you're probably a better team than people thought you were, right? But that loss is is, is so dominant in people's minds. But, you, but if a team's 0-15, right, at some point you got to start wondering if this, there's something about the stat. You know, it's the same thing we've talked with the Pats is their record is so much better. In fact, I just caught you. I got you. You're going to say, you're going to say no Moss. This is Duran style. So we've talked now for over a decade. The Pats record is better than their stats. Correct? Yes. And you've said there's something going on that no one understands, and that record has to be accounted for. So records matter. Records do matter because the public <laughs> no reacts loss. because the public reacts to the records. I had a big stake last night. I really wasn't ready to go today. No moss. You know what's funny though? Is I think so far this has been the probably the best pod I've done in all these years. You guys are killing it. So no big stake. I just got you on one. All right. So we got to talk about the game still. So uh lean or like Maddie. I lean New England, and I know this is a big number, and as sharper players, we tend to not want to lay the big numbers, but New England Patriots, 7-0 and against the spread last two years coming into this season when they're favored or 10 points or more. Uh, that's a very favorable stat to the Patriots here. We certainly know that their offense is capable of putting up enough points to win this game by double digits, and I'm still not sure about Deshaun Watson and how this offense is going to operate. All three of their tight ends are hurt. Two offensive linemen hurt. I don't know that this offense, if this thing turns into a track meet and New England gets up 14 early, I don't know that this Houston team is built to battle back. And this is the one game on the board that I pass. I get my one pass. And the reason I'm passing is because I absolutely hate to lean or like against the Patriots in any game because they cover almost 60%. But I got to tell you, Maddie, my biggest concern with the Patriots here is the playoff game against Houston last year. We all remember that if Houston could have gotten any play out of their quarterback. They just played an absolutely atrocious game and they were still hanging around. They didn't cover, but they should have with the playoff revenge. It's obviously a much bigger game for the Texans. But don't you think Deshaun Watson has been a little bit overvalued here? He was hyped in the preseason. He had this big fanfare coming off, wins a national championship, had a good preseason. People are all behind him. They pull Tom Savage in the first half of the first game. They bring in Deshaun Watson and they get the win in his first start. They scored a whopping 13 points doing it. Their offense couldn't move the ball. They have no tight ends. Their offensive line is terrible. If not for Watson himself having a 50-plus yard touchdown run, uh, the Bengals actually win that game, and Houston doesn't score a touchdown. New England's going to score points, and I just don't know that Houston could keep up this week. Houston hasn't had a quarterback in five years. TJ Yates goes to the playoffs with Bill O'Brien. They find a way with that defense. Okay, so because we did have a pass... 
from Faz. I'm going to give you a like in this game. I like the Texans. I almost made them my best bet. I do ESPN Houston. I've done it for years with Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman. Uh, really respected guys down there on ESPN Houston. And now Fred and I are doing a new one hour on Sportsbook Nation Tuesday nights. Uh, it's six o'clock Pacific. So at eight o'clock Central, nine o'clock Eastern Tuesday night. And it's pretty much a recap show, right? We're looking ahead a little bit, but it's a full recap show. We talked about the tight ends. You know, he's local. Two of them are back this week. And the guy that's signed off the practice or got off the practice squad actually played pretty well. So I think last week you were right. They were crazy thin at tight end. I'm not so sure. In fact, I don't think it's going to be that case with Houston this week. One other thing, Watson started on Thursday night with one practice with the first team. Now that was a gutsy win. I thought, you know, obviously it's the Bengals, but on the road on Thursday, um, Whatever Watson was on Thursday, I think having a full 10 days of practice should help. Doesn't mean you're wrong about anything else, but I, I, that was something I didn't know until Fred Fowler mentioned. By the way, we have a podcast of that recap show up on my Twitter right now at RJ in Vegas. All right, so recap and Fez Pass. Like for me on the Texans. Lean on the Patriots, correct? All right, next game. We got two more. Public pounders. Oh, the Chiefs. They got everyone in love with them. 92% of the bets on the Chiefs and Chargers. Here's my question. We didn't prep on this one. So, guy, you, anyone can jump in. Raise your hand on this one. New coach. By most accounts for the Chargers, new coach, uh, by most accounts, is overmatched. Okay? Like, it doesn't look like he's ready to be a head coach in the NFL. They have historically now for multiple years lost a lot of close games. They have a rookie kicker, the Chargers, who is one out of four on field goals. So there's, we know their psychology with kicking. Right? We, what was that? Vanderjack, right? Best kicker ever. Missed one field goal and he was out of the league soon after. There's obviously something there so it's with psychology. How do we account for uh, this is a three-point line? How do we account for the Chargers in close games? Do we stick with the Saber metrics? Oh, it's all luck, and thus they must be way underrated? Or is there something fundamental? I think there's something fundamental. Anyone who watched poor Coach Lynn against the Broncos on the final drive could see the, the, the clock management and the struggles he was having. And it gets in your head, hey, I can't win the close games as a better. If my valuations say I should bet the Chargers, RJ, and they're catching points, there's no way I'm betting the money line. I'll take a three and a half. They're extremely adept at losing games by three and a half, by three points. I, I, but I refuse to have to have them win for me to win. Now, how a close listener who is skeptical of all this talk about close wins or luck. And I've said the following stat about the Raiders about 17 times, which is if you flip the close wins to losses for the Raiders last year and the close losses, to wins, if they're coin flips, they could flip easily. The Raiders would have been five and eleven last year, right? Seven points or less. So now we're saying that that oh, in this case, the close wins or close losses are fundamental. Just seems this team has struggled with well, clock seems management. Means it sounds like you're backpedaling. When I'm watching the Chargers, they have always struggled with clock management, and I think Rivers is a very good quarterback, but he has not been good. 
in the fourth quarter okay, for a dominant you, quarterback. But then that sounds like then let's flip it and say that Carr for the for the Raiders looks like Joe Montana in fourth quarters. Why is that pure luck? I don't have enough data yet on Carr. I've got one year. Rivers, I've got a lot more years of the Chargers always being touted as like the... How many teams in the league would you say are beyond coin flips late in games? Either pro or either to the to the to their favor of winning close games or to their negative of losing. It sounds like we now have the Chargers in the negative column. Do we have the Patriots in the positive column? Patriots and yes, and, and the Colts with Andrew Luck. Absolutely. For years, they won all the close games. Lions. I, I actually don't think Gosh. that that's been the case this year. I thought Phillip Rivers played uh, valiantly in the fourth quarter of game one. They're down 17. They get to within three. Uh, you know, they, they were able to take advantage of those turnovers and Rivers threw a couple of beautiful touchdown passes off turnovers to get him right back in that game. It actually looked like a game where they were going to rally in the fourth quarter and they did to get the cover, although they didn't get the win. I actually have a lean toward San Diego in this game, and it's mostly due to the injury report of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, everyone's talking about some of these other injuries, but we're ignoring Eric Berry, Reggie Ragland, Tomba Ali, Spencer Ware. The Kansas City Chiefs have lost significant starters this <coughs> this year already. And, uh, you know, this feels like a spot on the road. Familiarity, arch rival, more than a field goal. I think this is a good spot for the L.A. Chargers. I have to ask both of you, who's the home team here? Because I am not sure that there'll be. In fact, I am sure. I think there's going to be more Kansas City Chiefs fans here in L.A. than there are Charger fans. No. Oh, yes. 20,000 tickets only. How the, you know. Well, was it? It was what? 40% Dolphins, right? I heard at least 50% in terms of crowd noise for the Dolphins. I'll tell you this. I know entering the game last week, there was uncertainty about that home field, but the sense was lowest in football. I've heard pros say that this is the first time they're given zero for home field. And are the Chargers even sleeping in their own beds? They probably still have their homes in San Diego and they probably are renting apartments. So it's not even really like their home. Good stuff. All right, so we've got a lean on the Chargers with no home field from the bookmaker, Matty Holt. I have a lean as well, and it's hard to bet on the Chargers. That's why it's not a like. Well, they're getting three. All right. Okay, keep it simple. All right, so real quick to finish on this, because we've been on the Chargers so much. Chiefs, Colin Coward has them as the best team in the NFL. You're talking injuries. Now, are these injuries? I know we know that they're safety, Barry, out for the season. Otherwise, are these short-term injuries you're concerned about or long-term? Long-term. Spencer Ware is going to be out the whole season, if not most of it. Tom Bali, most of the season, if not all of the season as well. And these, you know, you could say that, oh, Tom Bali took a step back. Running backs aren't worth what you think they are. Look at Zeke last week. But these are all starters that are pegged in to have significant contributions to this football team that are no longer there. And after a while, that takes its toll on a team. I think Kansas City's playing good football. I think they've exceeded expectations so far this year. But I, I think maybe we should, you know, that this roster isn't as good as people are hyping it up to be. And obviously that win against the Pats on Thursday is a marquee win that people are going to remember. And let's be candid. Covering six, uh, my I had a great week last week, but my big loser, uh, well, I did do the Bears on Adam Carolla on Tuesday for Wednesday's show, which then as the week went on, I, I didn't I didn't have the Bears anywhere else, but obviously that counts with Adam's show. But um, otherwise, you know, really the Eagles was my only, you know, real game I liked that lost. That's an impressive win. 
Where do you got KC right now in your power rate ratings, Fess? So Kansas City's tied for third in the NFL, three and a half points oh. better than, than an average team. And one thing about KC, I'm worried I don't have them high enough, RJ, and here's why. Tom Brady against the AFC at home was 50 and one straight up. He won every game except for and, one. And, and that's not arbitrary because Belichick takes his division games most seriously, his AFC games the next tier, and then the NFC games last. And it makes sense because he's more familiar with those teams and thus his superior coaching matters more. And number two, the tiebreakers matter. So to me, that, that, that's not just all left-handed quarterbacks east of the Mississippi or whatever. And by all accounts, this Patriot team is as good as any of these previous Patriot teams. So I'm going to use a totally different sport as an analogy. Imagine they ran 51 marathons, and one guy from Kenya won 50 of them in a row, and he was running every bit as good this year as he always has, and then somebody beat him. Whoever beat him might say that is a darn good marathon runner. Yeah, but see, I, I wonder because, you know, we did. I don't think we talked the Pats defense too much on that handicap, did we? Yards per play, second worst team in the league right now with the Pats. So literally only one team has given up more yards per snap. Now you could say, well, the Saints are a pretty good offense. I'm not sure how good. The, I mean, obviously they're above average. In Kansas City, well, they seem like a really good offense, but. That wasn't the expectation when they were nine point underdogs, right? In New England. So I, I you I think with Playmate, if Gronk looks as old or is as old as he looks, right? And who where's the playmakers? Now now obviously some of these people might be coming back. I mean, are you where are you at? Just backing up a second on the Pats with their playmakers or, or lack thereof. Oh, they got playmakers, but Brady's got to get used to them. Cooks is a great wide receiver from New Orleans. He's the number one of New Orleans, but they don't have the chemistry yet. You got Hogan. Um, I expect that the Pats will be just fine. They just might, with the cluster injuries, it might take a month. And what's the cluster injuries? Well, Amandola's hurt, and you've got Edelman out for the year, and you got Gronk hurt. So... It sounds like you just said two separate things. There's cluster injuries with the playmakers, but you're saying don't worry about the playmakers. They've got seven playmakers, but the ones Brady's used to are all hurt right now. So as of right now, they're lacking playmakers. Yes. All right. So you agree with me. That's good. Pregame.com. I'm RJ Bell. I'm not Matty Holt. He's a bookmaker. I'm not Steve Fezzik. He's the most famous professional better, at least NFL better, I think, clearly. I, I would say... But Billy Walters is retired, right? Who's more famous than Fez? I'm not talking good. Everyone can make that to say. I think he's really good. Uh, Fez might be the most popular now. I'd say for there was a period of time where Dr. Bob had his run. as yeah, That was all inside. I, I have never. I'm going to say this. I see this all the time. Professional, better. I'm sorry. Professional handicapper and better. I see that. I've never seen Dr. I've been in Nevada for 15 years. I have never seen Dr. Bob ever. That doesn't mean anything. So how can he be the, how can he be the, like a big better if he never bets? Well, I don't know if you've heard of this, but 99% of the betting happens outside of Nevada. I love, I were what? I love Nevada, Vegas. I've been here 19 years, but you know, some of the biggest betters in the world are playing at Pinnacle and Chris. Fair enough. Right. But no, listen, I, I think, you know, I don't really have a great sense of how his systems and such uh, you know, it feels like the market was catching up at some at some point. But what I think Dr. Bob in his day was 
In his day. I don't mean I, now. Yeah. Now Fez and is I'm wild. not even talking yeah. about part. I don't think he was all that widely known. I think inside the fraternity Maybe. of handicappers. And unfortunately, really I live in yeah, well, the no, fraternity yeah. of the industry. So, <laughs> but, but I think he had some revolutionary ideas, right? And he With, pioneered the sabermetrics and the like. He was the first guy. I, I think applying it to, to betting for sure. I, a lot of credit goes there, I think. Fair enough. Okay. So we got one more public pounder. Boy, the public's going wild this week. And then pros versus Joes. People love that, right? Because they want to hear Fezzik go, I'm with the pro or I'm with the Joes this week. Public pounder, fourth one. Packers, 93% of the tickets over the Bengals. Fez, why are the Bengals so bad? I mean, this was a team in week one that was at home favored by three. And it closed like, what, minus 125, right? And I like the Bengals. I'm going to be honest. Now it feels like. This is as bad of an offense as we've seen in years. They're bad, RJ, because their O-line is very bad. They can't protect Is it Dalton. worse? But didn't we expect it to be bad? We expected it to be below average, and it's like New York Giants bad. And Dalton is like Manning. He can't create time. He's not like Russell Wilson. He can't roll out and create plays. And I feel like a complete and utter square because I looked at all those weapons, Mixon coming in. And Ross coming in, uh, the wide speedy wide receiver from Washington. I said, oh, the Bengals are going to be good. I'm from Cincinnati, and I fell into the homer trap. The, the, just, the O-line's so important, and I ignored it. All right, Packers in this game, favored by eight and a half. Leaner like? Green Bay is 14 and five against the spread is a favorite greater than three, but less than 10 last oh, 19 oh, games. Oh, he's pouring and it out. <laughs> and, and this he's got his abacus <laughs> out finding out that middle under a harvest moon on an odd start time for the hour. And look, we know that they have at least the top three home field advantage in football and Aaron. Rodgers you know, we got to let the, we gotta let the re, or the listeners in on this. <laughs> Maddie came in and says, you know, I put a lot of hours in these trends. He goes, I'm using them no matter what. <laughs> all right so where what's our leaner like i lean toward green bay even though i i know all the sharps are going to be on cincy this week i don't want to get in front of aaron Rodgers at home well, wait a minute home. i've got you passing this was your one pass oh yeah i'm passing all right, all right so, you have pass. The sm- so you would have the smallest of if you have if it was a force play i would go with gun to, gun to head i'm on the pack but this is the line you think by definition is is right on i do okay eight and a half Fast. I lean towards the Bengals, and I think it's all about motivation. He wanted to get that trend in so bad. Then he got excited. and <laughs> goes, I must like the Packers for that trend. And I hate going against the Packers when they're home, but in a competitively priced game, they find ways to win. I think with Jordy Nelson injured, will he play? Maybe he could play, but you don't have to play to beat the Bengals. So I think he probably won't play. And I think this the Bengals season is going south fast, and they just fired their OC. I love a team, RJ, whenever you fire any sort of coach to get a bounce the following week. I'm getting their a game. All reports that they didn't like this guy that they fired. Also. I heard that too, but I guess the question is, is the scheme identical? Cause it, it, I guess it would have to be right. You can't change schemes in the middle of the year. Right. And by definition of a position coach is going to be coaching that same scheme. Okay. I would say the following, as I mentioned, I've been in Vegas 19 years. I've been betting pretty much every day since I was 14. It's a true story. Statute of limitations is up on that, though, is <laughs> those bets in the 80s. I think the thing I've learned most in the last three or four years, and if you're not, you know, Dylan, if 
not busy being born, you're busy dying, is being contrarian makes sense unless, and this is something I always knew, if the team's not trying, right? If there's big motivational problems late in the year, NFL, sometimes you'll see that. And also, if there's something so fundamentally wrong that we can talk to we're blue, but like that's such a big problem until that's fixed, you know, th this team's going to super struggle. What is it about what you just said, you know, oh, I was so wrong about the Bengals. That line is so bad. By the way, I lean towards the bank. Oh, no, actually, you've got a like on the Bengals. So how do you reconcile that? It's sometimes being purely contrary, you know, it's almost like when the way, let me give you an analogy. When the weather is so bad, sometimes this, this doesn't happen very much, but the total will go from 42 to 33 or something. And then the score is nine, six. Like you find out there's certain things in the NFL and other leagues too. They can't really be priced in any reasonable way. If you made the total, you know, 15 and a half, it'd be crazy. Right? Sometimes I think the total should be 15 and a half once, you know, I don't know, th six times a decade, maybe the weather's that bad in a game. Could it be the Bengals are so bad on the offensive line that you just can't play them? I don't think so. I think that the fact they had to play Baltimore, a very good defense and Houston. Really? And really? Elite. That's interesting. Because we were talking before the show and wow, I don't get this at all. One of the questions we're going to ask is how good is this Ravens defense? And your response is going to be average. Slightly above <laughs> average. But Houston's, okay. an elite, Houston's an elite defense and they had a short week to prepare for Houston. And I still but, uh, think the, the home team has a big advantage. They do. On Thursday night. So if anything, they should have, the Bengals, if there was any game, the Bengals should have looked good. It was this Thursday game, or relatively good. Because not only was Houston traveling on the road with a quarterback with one, one practice, which we learned, and off of a game in which the fatigue of that hurricane was so obvious, now you're playing, I thought they'd be more tired that Thursday game on the road than they were Sunday. Well, first off, I misspoke if I said I liked them because I only leaned to the Bengals. And you know what? I shouldn't even be leaning, but I want to have an opinion on every game but one. Uh, I no, just don't think Green Bay's defense. I think Green Bay has a below average defense. And you know what? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the case that the Bengals O-line is just so bad that they're not going to be able to move the ball against anyone similar to the Giants. This just feels like one of those games where the Sharps are on, and I'm not even sure where the Sharps are in this game, but and we, you know, maybe we'll find out. Before, uh, do you have any sense so far in, on that? So well, we're about even on account action, which tends to be a little sharper action, even on this game, around 10 times more action on the Packers. But we haven't seen any big action yet, so we haven't seen the big sharp action come in. So even on account, 10 times over the count. Yes. Okay, which is the recreational money sure. typically. Yeah. Okay. People walking into the casinos, walk, walk up to the counter, want to make a bet. And listen, a couple of things. One, the whole leaner like is if you think the line's eight and a half, if you think the line should be eight, well, you're going to lean Bengals. Doesn't mean you're even considering batting them, but we want to give the people who are going to play the game anyway, if you can be 51% because you lean a certain way, well, it's a lot easier to break even hitting 51% in some of your games than 49 in some of your games. And I mean, just think about the math for a second. 52.4 is break even. 52.38, 52.4 is break even. Okay. 
If you hit 51, you're 1.4% away from break even. If you hit 49, you're 3.4% from break even. So it's more than double you've got to overcome, you know, in other games or or sometimes how I think about this is like double digits in the NFL. I tell people it's it's dog or pass because, oh, well, historically, the double digit favorites co- cover, you know, only have a shortfall of 49%. So I can overcome that. Well, actually, you've got to have a handicap that gets you from 49 to 52.4, which is more than double as hard as from 51 with a dog. The 52.4. And early in this podcast, you said that the public loses because they pay 11 to make 10 and they hit about 50%. They do hit about 50%, but I really think they hit more like 49%. I think they hit 49 in some. Well, Matt, you could speak to this better than anyone. If you take your record. They, did, they hit better than 49% in the NFL last year. Yeah, but over the long, long, long term, if you take the, because this is people always say, oh, he's a fade, he's fade material. Well, that means he's got a, you know, what is it, 47.6 or whatever, right? Or worse, is the public public picks long run, what are they hitting? Or, or about 50-50. I'd That's say they're 50-50. So you know, the Where the, the public is- loses is they play too many exotics like parlays mm-hmm. and teagers and uh, long shot futures. According to the Nevada Gaming Commission, the sports books hold on average 5% a year. They've done this for the past 15 years. So a blind squirrel picks only losing a 4.54%. If they're all playing 11 to 10. But a lot of that is the parlays that are added in. Yeah. But there's still the professional bettors are in there winning. Yeah. And it's still 5%. My old. guess is you're probably holding against the public almost 10%, right? And mostly due to parlays and teasers. So yeah. you know, your exotics hold is always going to be around 10. Where Maddie's your natural- eyes almost gave me like, shh. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't want to overemphasize Never this. play a four-teamer. Off the board, it's the worst bet in Vegas. All right, now, so listen. To me, Fez, and I'll be candid with you before we shift games here, his ability to reevaluate, I mean, if anyone has an ego, we were debating, you know, half facetiously, but really not, is about here, you know, two super contests. Right? No one's ever done that, right? It's the only guy ever. It's a World Series of Poker of NFL handicapping only got to do it twice. And he did it back to back, right? He should have an ego, right? He could puff his chest against anyone and say, my opinion matters more than yours. The fact that you listen and consider reevaluating as quickly as you do. And then other times you'll stonewall, like, you know, Maddie or me will make, we think great points and you're like, huh? Nope. So to me, that is what makes you Fezzik. Well, last week, Maddie told me all about the Miami Dolphins out in Oxnard. And by the Sometimes time I left, you can just take a compliment without having to like reevaluate. <laughs> like he's going to say, let, he was pretty much like, hey, hold on a second. I'm going to talk for about a minute about how great I am, you know, along the lines of what RJ said. But let me expound upon that. Is, is that accurate? <laughs> all right. We're pregame.com. This is the dream preview. Great stuff today. Let's keep moving. We got our pros versus Joes. Raiders. Let's guess. That's the Joes. 90% of the tickets. And the pros? More towards the Redskins. If you actually look at the money count, the cash count, remember, up at pregame.com, you click Game Center. That's the main tab. Then you click the consensus tab within the Game Center. You see the cash splits. No other site on the internet offers those for free. And great stuff. So as we look 
It's 33% less cash on the Raiders. This is a pros versus Joes. Let's start with you on this one, Matty. Look, I th- I don't think there's any team that's been more impressive in the AFC than the Oakland Raiders. They were hyped before the season because of the Las Vegas adopting them as their home team. So we saw extra love here than we would maybe anywhere else in the rest of the world. But now that love has been kind of reinforced to these people that look, we were back in the Raiders and look what they did for us already. And when, when people ha- are that passionate about a team prior to the season and that team even ex- exceeds those expectations, then you ride that team. And what we're seeing is a wave in Las Vegas of people riding the Oakland Raiders. And I would make the following point as much as you, I think you mentioned, and in fact, I know you did, the Raiders had the most tickets on them of any team to win the Super Bowl Correct. in the future pool. But I would say the Raiders, Fez, had more talk of regression than any team in the last five years. It was a perfect storm of close wins that we've talked about already and net turnover margin, which has a big element of luck in it. And you made the case, statistically, Raiders were the worst 12-4 team in history. How much have you reevaluated? And it was the biggest pros versus Joe's scenario pregame. Uh, in the preseason. Preseason, yes. yes. Yeah, preseason. So it opened at 10 at CGT. They didn't, they didn't just bet under 10, RJ. They bet under 9.5 down to minus $1.40 on this team. But so, now, so, but though the number of bets were massively on the over, we're talking season wins now. Yeah, and, and everyone was also betting them to win the Super Bowl. So CGT gets the middle, everybody, because they win 11 <laughs> this year, and then they don't win the Super Bowl. But I totally reevaluated the Raiders. I had them close to an average team to start the year. Now I have them tied for the sixth best team in the NFL, which is still below what a lot of the media guys have, but they're a fine team. And here's the thing. A lot of listeners are, wait, wait, Fezzik's supposed to be the best. And he thought the Raiders who were 12 and four were an average team. That's the thing to take those professional positions. Like maybe the lines are better than the Packers. You're going to sometimes be wrong. And people are scared to be wrong in such an, such an obvious way when, any casual fan, if you say how good's the Raiders, you're going to go 12 and four. They might be better this year. So it goes to show you that's the danger of having these contrary positions, but that's what you need to win. I said the Colts could be the worst team in the NFL this year also, and we could play them under eight and a half. So you get some right, some wrong. All right. So Matty, you've got a lean on the Raiders. Is that right? Yeah, I just think that actually in my power ratings, look, I we sent this game out three and a half and we opened it three because but I, I actually feel like this is a situation where maybe that offense of Oakland might just be too overwhelming right now for a Washington red scheme. It doesn't feel like Kirk Cousins has the same continuity with this receiving core that he did with the receiving core last year. Having lost a bunch of guys, add Jordan Reed to that injury report, another receiver lost. I think you got to go a little lean toward Oakland. I agree. I The Redskins, I thought, were way underrated coming into the year because of the yards per play last year. But the playmakers... And you think, oh, they look good, though, against the Rams. Well, they actually rushed for more yards than they passed for. I think the pro, and that's not a good running team. It's just for whatever reason, they were able to run against the Rams. I mean, the thing Mike Lombardi's saying about the Raiders that's been so impressive has been the D-line. So to me, if the Redskins can't run, then I'm not anxious to see Kirk Cousins passing. Now, I know that sounds funny after the last few years, but... I agree with you there. I don't want to bet the Raiders, but I, I'm not anxious on the skins. Lean or like? Fence. I actually like the Redskins. I, I, even with my upgrade to Oakland, I still have these teams four points apart. So if I give Washington three for home field, 
I only make the Raiders one. One thing about this trip back east that does favor Oakland, RJ, and this is why I'm not going to make a big bet on the Redskins, is that the, because it's the Sunday night game, now we're not getting that early clock time. In fact, studies have shown that the West Coast team, regardless of, of the venue, has done very well when playing at 5 p.m. at night because of the body clock situation. Yeah, so let's talk about that quickly, is if it's midnight when the game's about over and you're an East Coast team, well, it's, it doesn't matter where you're playing. It's midnight on your body clock, but it's three hours earlier on the, on the West Coast. So, uh, or for the West Coast teams, I guess, is the way to say it, with their body clocks. Okay, interesting. Uh, now, the Raiders had a horrible in the Eastern time zone record for a long, long time, and then they've had a good run recently. So that's another example of how much was that prior stat about just how bad the Raiders were in general. Okay, next game. We've got the crossfire. This is when the boy, they've been going at it. Well, they're going to go at it here. Steelers, Bears. Steelers favored only by seven. There's some seven and a halves out there, but we've chosen seven as a fair line in this one. And Maddie, we're going to let you start on this one. You are on this, the more public side here. 91% of the tickets, you've got the Steelers as a like. Yeah, and I like the Chicago Bears coming into the year because their offensive line and how well they protected their quarterbacks, but there hasn't been a team in the entire NFL this year that has lost more key weapons on offense than the Chicago Bears. Meredith, Kevin White again, Marcus Wheaton. Now Jordan Howard's even banged up. Add him to the list. You know, Kadeem Carey, their other running back. This entire offense is decimated. You have a new quarterback coming in and no weapons to throw the ball or hand it off to. We saw what happened to the Bears last week with no weapons. Unfortunately, facing another high-powered offense this week, I just don't think they have the offensive firepower to keep up. And what I, as a Steeler fan who's objective, I I tend to like the under the the Bears team total under here. I'm not sure if the Steelers' offense is going to wake up. It hasn't played as well as we've expected. I mean, two and O's, two and O, right? And they pretty much dominated Minnesota, but with the backup quarterback, obviously. But it's very possible they could put up forty, right, and really wake up. It's very possible they win this game you know, 16 to 14, or, you know, I guess they do go for two a lot. So I like the Bears team total under because I think the Steelers D is, you know, we were talking about ranking on the road and at home, offense, defense, Steelers defense right now. I think they're top half of the league. What do you think, Manny? I agree with that. And I love the young players on that defense. Now, TJ Watt is questionable with the, the or I'm sorry, uh, it is TJ, right? It's JJ yes. and TJ. Okay. Yeah. It's TJ Watt, the Steelers linebacker, who had an amazing opening game, questionable with a hamstring. I think that's important. We'll see where, where he's at with that. But if you've got James Harrison able to come in for spot rushing, because now you've got um, uh, you know, the other linebacker, Bud Dupree, had a mental block for a second, is starting with Watt, and Harrison comes in for X number of third down plays and passing situations. That's a pretty good three edge rushers there. And then you've got now the cornerback from the Browns, Hayden. This Steeler team above average on defense. You think so? I think they're slightly above average. Yeah. So if you're the 12th best defense and the first or second or third best offense, which they certainly could be, I, I think that team, if it happens, is better than the Patriots. The problem I have with your Steelers is that they're the best offense, arguably the second best offense at home. 
There's just yeah. such a, for whatever reason, a lot of that's Tom in a game like this. So. This is the classic stinker stealer game. Division sandwich. You got Baltimore next week. Baltimore is looking really good. I know I'm not going to get Pittsburgh's A game. And uh, Maddie brings up some great points about the Bears. Uh, they're the most injured team in the NFL this year. Well, they were the most injured team in the NFL last year. Dude, Kevin White. Yeah, he was out last year. Injured. Well, Howard was hurt quite a bit last year as well. Quarterbacks. Um, oh, we got Glennon. Well, he's still better than Barkley. And even with all those injuries last year, remember the Bears were still plus 0.4 yards per play differential better than their opponents, even with all these injuries. So with the same type of crippling injuries, I think they should be able to hang in against a disinterested Steelers squad, just like they did against Atlanta week one. Okay, that's a crossfire. Any quick rebuttals to any points? Anyone? No, I, I will say this. They're more injured than they were week one. Since week one, they've gone on to lose Kevin White, and they've gone on to Jordan Howard to be banged up. Going into week one, it was really just Clay Meredith. Now we're going into week three, and last week we got our first peak is what happens when they have no Marcus Wheaton, no Kevin White, and no Clay Meredith, and their offense didn't look very good without all three. But I do think if um, Howard catches that touchdown pass or the other dude catches it, now the Bears are one and one and the narrative is the Bears are a completely different team at home and we're staring at six on this game, not seven and a half. Seven. Seven. <laughs> That's the crossfire, boys. I love it when they battle. Okay, now we've got four picks coming up that are the four strongest picks. First, though, we got three things to do. Quick. One is let's talk the injury game, and this is going to be easy. Only question is Vikings, Bucks, how much is Bradford? worth and Maddie you told me some fast that you guys have already projected out if he plays if he doesn't give us the numbers we sent the numbers to our risk team for our openers it was 2.85 which for us is basically minus three even if Sam Bradford's in and it was Tampa Bay minus one if Bradford's out it ends up being about a three and a half 3.65 uh, point per game difference and remember guys when you go through pick them it's from minus one to pick them to plus one that's only two ticks, so it's not two full, full points. Uh, Faz, you agree with that? Yeah, I got Bradford three and a half points better than Keenum. Okay, so you've got that now, and then as events unfold, you can use it accordingly. Next up is a new bucket I've created. It's called half a handicap. This game is uninteresting, thus we're going to give it half a handicap. Saints, Panthers... Fezzo, I do want to talk about Cam Newton. Right? I won a expensive dinner with you. Was it dinner or lunch? It was breakfast. <laughs> a breakfast buffet at Samstown, I think, is what we're going to land on. <laughs> is Cam Newton, two passes in the preseason, looked very rusty in week one, though the deceiving score, or I don't know, deceiving, it was a nice score against the 49ers, right? And week two... Not good either. Where are we at with Cam Newton? He's not ready yet. I did watch almost all of this game, and RJ, it was just embarrassing. He looked like a mid-tier college quarterback in terms of the receivers, the wide open, in some cases, receivers he missed, which ultimately culminated with you winning your dinner bet against me when he missed McCaffrey as wide open a receiver as you'll ever see in the red zone on the goal line, and he just missed him completely. Uh, okay, so real quick, Maddie, is we do have the Panthers at home. Favored by five and a half. As as bad as the Carolina offenses look, their defense has actually looked 
exceeded my expectations in the first two weeks, dominating both games in Carolina wins. One interesting stat, though. New- yeah, but how much? It's back to two data points, right? How much of that are the 49ers? And they the Bills. Certainly, and, and the Bills, right? Because the Bills, I mean, they against the Jets, they looked all right. But, I mean, their quarterback, I mean, he was out a lot of the preseason. New scheme, new OC. I think the Bills are one of the worst offense. And McCoy ran for like less than 10. I, I can't remember, but it was that horrible. was the big thing to me because McCoy rushed for a hundred something the first week against the jets. And everyone knows Buffalo wants to run the football. The jets knew it too, but McCoy still got over a hundred to your point. He gets 10 yards against Carolina. Their run defense. I thought was really impressive, uh, but the saints four and against the spread last four times. They faced the Carolina Panthers. Saints seems to have their number. You always like to get all the extra points with divisional familiarity. I would lean saints. And you lean Saints, too. I lean Saints. Hey, the catch in six against a team that only scored, you know, couldn't score a touchdown last week. And that's another, you know, main or macro concept. Less points expected in the game. And in this one, though, 46 and a half is the over-under. So that's slightly above average at this point. More po- or less points expected. Each point is more valuable with underdogs. Under is a good bet. Correlated here, too. Dog and under. Interesting. All right. So last thing before the big four, and when the big four is the, the strongest picks on this podcast is the Monday night football game. We've got Cowboys. We've got the Cardinals. And to me, this Cardinal team. So Fez, you, you had them downgraded after week one, more than any team in the NFL, you went four points off of what you saw, you know, the Johnson injury and, and what you saw from the quarterback, et cetera. What have you, now they won, but didn't cover against the Colts. What did you do with the Cardinals? Brought them down another half point, have them two and a half points worse than an average team after starting as an above average team before the season started. All right, Maddie, like or lean on this game. So right now it's the Cardinals at home. Three-point underdogs against the Cowboys Monday Night Football. I took the under on this game. I still think that Arizona... So total 47. Yeah, I think Arizona has a top 15 defense. And we've seen how Dallas, when able, is is happy to kind of settle for field goals and settle for dink and dunk. They got a lot of criticism for not running the ball more against the Denver Broncos last week. Successfully expects Jason Garrett to come out and make running the football a point of emphasis this week. I'm going to take under 47. I like the Arizona Cardinals here. The market is in denial about the Cowboys and their defense. We saw Denver trash them. Here's a team that lost four starters in the secondary to free agency. Now, Skandrick, their starting cornerback, he's out for this week. There's two other cluster injuries at cornerback. This team is decimated on defense in the secondary. And for whatever reason, because it's America's team, the markets are not reflecting it. Or maybe Carson Palmer can't take advantage. Certainly a concern if you watch Carson Palmer, but I think at this point, RJ, with all these injuries, I think anyone can take advantage of it. And to me, it's back to the single data point, right? Is against the Giants, there was talk his Cowboy team, you know, some, it sounds crazy, best team in the league, right? And now we saw against a decent offense, and it means Denver, in theory, that much better than decent on offense. We're only saying they're decent because of the Cowboy game. Before that game, we're saying they were below average offense. Yeah, so to me, I'm not even sure. I mean, who knows? Denver could have to struggle two games in a row on offense from here, and then we're going to think Cowboys are horrible. I mean, right now, just rapid-fire quick question. 
one to thirty two, where's the Cowboys defense? Uh twenty five to twenty eight. Twenty eight. Wow. Okay, guys, here's the big four. So we're going to have three best bats. That's the easy part. But this is our double like. So of all the games these guys ran down, lean or like, this is the one game that they both liked. And, you know, I like it too. We'll call it a triple like. Browns, Colts. Browns are favored by one minus 115. So we'll call it one right now. Maddie. Whether or not Jacoby Brissett is really going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, I like when teams that are in these tumultuous situations go ahead and recognize at least he is better than Scott Tolzien. I thought he brought, some or at least he has an upside. That's I mean, right. Do you think and he, he has was an better upside. last week? I think he looks better running this offense than Scott Tolzien. So does. right now, if we got an announcement Tolzien was starting, you would downgrade the Colts. Yes, I would not. No, I would want no piece of them anymore. You agree with that? Fact? I agree strongly because I think. Brissett's the better quarterback right now, and the team is playing harder for him. Let's face it, they had this game one against Arizona. They're up 10. It is third and 20 with eight minutes to play. They stop Arizona on one play. They win by 10. Boom, they're a two-point favorite in this game. I I completely agree with that. So I like the upside there, and I just don't think Cleveland's as good as as people think they are. I think there's a lot of downside to this Cleveland team. Fez talked about the fact that their average age is 20 years old. And I heard that there's a little 24, bit, yeah, 24. 24 years old. And I heard there's a little bit of ruckus in the locker room about, you know, Pfizer, uh, the Sean Kaiser taking himself out of the game. Cause he has a migraine and you know, there, there wasn't anyone, a lot of players that were enamored with that, or he didn't make, you know, warm up to anyone by coming out of the game with a headache. You're one in 17 RJ straight up, including I'm not nine home games. You've won one of them. Who are you to be laying points on the road? Well, we got a Cleveland stat. Browns. We got a stat on that one. Browns last 10 seasons. Fourth time they've been road favorites. So, I you know, I I think the whole idea of Brissett and the team playing harder, but think about this. Do we know for sure when Andrew Luck's coming back, meaning it could be long time, right? And we've been speculating on that. But also, it could be in a couple of weeks, right? I think come Halloween, you can have a Halloween costume, Andrew Luck carrying a clipboard. And no, I know safe. that's what you think. But what I'm saying is on the team, even, even if it's not true, the team's hoping, isn't this a must-win game? Right? You start one and two, it's not so bad, right? You get lucky and Andrew Luck comes back in game seven, maybe you make the playoffs. And though. Pagano's on the hot seat. They're playing to save his job also. Now, but do we know they want to save his job? We do not know that. All right. But I do agree here is the Browns. I mean, this quarterback, I mean, is he the worst quarterback? I mean, you know, you've got, again, a 28th, 29th, 30, 31, 32 quarterback. I don't know exactly where. And the defense isn't playing all that good. So this narrative about the Browns and they're trending upwards, I've been, I still remember Derek Anderson laying six to <laughs> I, I, the Bengals, you know, and I bet that in the in the super contest back then. And what's that been now? That's been six while, years at least. Ugh. I mean, so every year, you know, this Brown story. Let's see it happen once. Steelers, by the way, six Super Bowl titles. Okay, so we've got our double like here or triple like on the Colts. Is we got three best bats. So let's start with Maddie. And first, so let's do 
uh, promotion. You went five and zero oh in the super contest this week. I did. I did go five and zero oh this week. We had uh, the Steelers. You don't my, have to oversell. Right, yeah. I just yeah. say yes. Yes, we did. And to follow you on Twitter, do you give out your super contest picks? Yeah, I do. I, 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 oh. We give them out every week. So this week. is a value proposition. Follow sure. at Twitter. Matthew Holt VP. We post them every week and. You know, hopefully we'll be there at the end. I did happen to finish second to some guy named Steve Fezzik in 2009. Wow. So it'd be great if this was 2010. We'd be like, we got first and second <laughs> yeah. sitting around the table, yeah. baby. All right. Best bet time. I like the New York Giants and I love value. And one of the biggest things I like. So right now, six point underdogs at Philly. And I think one of the most important things to me to being successful in the NFL is is betting against massive overreactions. Two weeks ago, we have weeks two through six lines up. You can bet these games. You could have bet this game at Philadelphia minus one. Just this week, Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, this line was Philadelphia minus three, minus 125. After the Monday night football game, it shot up to Philadelphia minus six. Nobody critical got hurt. No significant injuries for the New York Giants. Their offense just hasn't got going yet, but it can't play any worse. And you have to assume with their best offensive player, Odell Beckham Jr., missing the preseason, missing the first game of the season, and only practicing once before the Monday night game, that he's going to get a better rhythm with his quarterback, Eli Manning. You're getting a lot of line value just because the Lions look like crap. I'll take the Lions plus six here against Philly. I think it's a very strong handicap. The only caveat I would say is that, hey, I laid that minus three, lay a dollar 20 a week ago. I thought that that was a bad line, but the line probably should have been three and a half to four, and now it should probably be four and a half. Six is too much of a reaction. I tell you this, I'd make my biggest bet of the week on the Eagles at three and a half. So can we, if the line's three and a half, do you bet the Eagles? No, no, I don't bet. I I leave the game alone. So you think these are even teams then? I, I do. Look, before the season, you, well, the Giants. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Because we're, we're saying thousands of words. You think the Giants and the Eagles are even teams? I don't think they're that far apart. I only have them about a point apart on a neutral. Wow. Yeah. So, Faz, what do you got? I'm looking that up right now. Stay I'm, on mic, please. I, I'm staying on mic here. I got the Giants three points worse than an average team, and I got the Eagles one and a half better. So, I had the Eagles four and a half points better, but I agree with Maddie in terms of the situation, the power ratings say, no, the situation says, Oh my goodness. Yes. But what's the situation? I, it's a must win for the giants, but isn't it a borderline must win for Philly to win at home in division or you go one and two. No, it's a game they want to win. And for the giants, if the giants lose this game, their season's over essentially. (sighs) Isn't their season over already? Well, that's why you want to lay three and a half on the Eagles, RJ. But here's the thing. You've got, when we were on with Colin Cowherd, you, Steve Fezzik, had the Eagles as your surprise Super Bowl um, participant out of the NFC. And you're saying that they're almost the same team as the Giants. The Eagles are There's having a fundamental disagreement. The Eagles here. are having problems on defense. They've got some key injuries Three on defense. Three defensive starters out in the secondary this week for the Philadelphia Okay, well, Eagles. we didn't hear that part. That's the key to this handicap also, yes. Uh, well, I would, now that starts perking my ears up because... And I hadn't handicapped this game deeply enough to uncover that. So Philly, um, three DBs. Okay. So, okay. So, and Beckham is going to be near. I mean, is this one of those injuries, though? He could linger at 85% for weeks. But I think this is, in theory, this should be the best he's looked all year. He's actually going to go through a whole. Beckham? Yes. Well, yeah, because 
he was out the first yeah. game, and, and and he has a week ac- or six days extra to That's feel right. better now. I feel like RJ's got the pliers, and he's like, I gotta like extract the information <laughs> from these guys. No, but I mean, I, well, one last thing on this game. I think this is almost like the Eagles. Could this be this offense with the combination of horrible running backs? Do we agree the Giants have horrible running backs? Yes. Do we agree the Giants have, what, a bottom five offensive line? Yes. Yeah, they're about <laughs> there. Right. And right now, unless Beckham, how, how in, in the NFL stack ranking receivers, the Beckham that played last Monday, where's he ranked? Well, we have to assume that that is going to be better than that Beckham okay. that played last Monday. And I would an, say that that receiving core, which includes Evan Ingram, the tight end, is better than average. They're in the top one through 15. With the way Evan Beckham Ingram, was Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall, Evan Ingram. Those four. Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall. All the wide receivers are hurt. They're bottom 10 right now. Who's hurt? Who's Sterling Shep, Shepard's fine. Shepard and Marshall the have had, they've had ankle injuries. They have, but they've the been getting better the and whole year. And to me, that this is the key. With the Eagles DBs out, which, which is McLeod, be, Watkins, and Ronald Darby. And if the Giants, and if Beckham's even 92%, so he's getting there, let's say, and the other people aren't, the other Are receivers there. aren't hobbled, I like this at six. Uh, I'm not sure about those other receivers not being hobbled. I think that's the question. Marshall looked like he was running at much faster speed. Hey, he got wide open. He just dropped the ball. So maybe he'll be back close to 100% this week. Two best bets to go. Matty Holt. With, with I, I like, boy, they're very conversational this week, guys. Good stuff. Giants plus uh, six. And probably reduced juice if you take that six. Okay. Fez on Twitter. At Fezzik Sports. F-E-Z-Z-I-K. He's part of our national Fox show. He's the staple on Saturday night with the NFL previews and excellent stuff recently. And then up pregame.com. It's the power ratings. It's the line move predictions. It's videos. I mean, this is, and everything I just said is free, but, but his very best bets, the stuff he really takes the rubber band off for that's not free. And last week we gave you guys a, coupon code and i'll tell you right now the amount of people that use this coupon code was shocking i guess when you have tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands listening you're going to get a decent amount doing it well you say 33 and 11 so fez is 33 and 11 year to date how have you played so many games in the nfl quite a whole bunch of unders uh weeks one and two and that includes preseason Okay, 33 and 11 in the NFL? Completely unsustainable, 75%. How did, how did you go this whole show without saying that? I mean, knowing you. Uh, you chastised <laughs> me for tooting my, telling my own horn, and I did We don't want to overdo it. So here's the coupon code, guys. We're going to give you the exact same thing we gave you last week. For those that took advantage, the many, go for it. For those that didn't, well, maybe you should. NFL Dream 10. NFL. The word dream spelled out, the number one, the number zero, NFL Dream 10. That's 10 bucks off of anything you want in the NFL, and that expires on Monday. So anything you want, it can be Fez, it can be whomever you want. All right, Fez, best bet. Best bet. We're going to go across the Atlantic to London. Early start time on Sunday. We've got the Baltimore Ravens, RJ, and a complete division sandwich here. They play the two teams from Ohio, the two crappy teams from Ohio, and they're plus seven in turnover margins. So misleading final scores. 
They have the Steelers coming up week four. Here comes the flat spot against Jacksonville. Baltimore's not used to going to London. This is all new to them. And the fact that they're sitting at 2-0, and any coach that has a heart, maybe Harbaugh doesn't, go ahead and let them see a little sightseeing, a little bit of a business trip with a little bit of pleasure. Meanwhile, Jacksonville, I love this. They've been to, they've been to London five consecutive years now. They lost the first two games in London. The last two years, they came in as a dog and a pick them. They won both of those games. They stay in the same hotel. They have the routine down pat. The crowd cheers for them because they are the London Jaguars when the Jags play there each and every year. I really like the Jags catching four. Boy, I don't like that one. You do? Go ahead first. Yeah, that that was going to be my best bet. That's why I asked you know Fez who he liked early. That was going to be my best bet for a lot of the same reasons. And I'm not a believer in this Baltimore Ravens defense. We talked about, is this Baltimore Ravens defense for real? Well, I'll tell you what I don't believe in is the Cleveland Browns offense, and they managed to get 400 yards of offense against the Baltimore Ravens last year. To Fez's point, plus seven in turnovers, a lot misleading with that Baltimore Ravens defense. Who had 400 yards? Uh, Cleveland Browns last week. Last week. You said last year. I just Oh, sorry. Last week against Baltimore. And a theme has been how the O-line has been undervalued. Well, Baltimore lost their center, Urschel, before the season started. He retired, and they just lost their best O-lineman. He's out as well. Left guard, right? Yeah, so they have problems on their O-line now. And that Jacksonville team has 11 sacks, RJ, year to date. I tell you, if you like this, I think you've got to like, I don't know, the, the total is 40, which is so low. I don't think Jacksonville can throw. So I agree. I think the Ravens D is slightly above average and, and not as good as people think. But if Jacksonville is one dimensional and Harbaugh is a great guy, I was hoping they were going to let him go. There was a lit, there was a point where it looked like maybe he doesn't get retained recently, but um, cause if you look at the results, this team, had, you know, since they won the Super Bowl, hasn't played well at all. I mean, it could be the Flacco contract, but I, does a one-dimensional Jags team just running the ball, does Bortles have to throw for you to, you know, effectively for you to cover this game? I don't think so. Bortles didn't need to throw against Tennessee. It was tied in the middle of the third quarter. You know what? Well, but wait he a did minute. Wait. And they turned it over five times. Yeah, so <laughs> are we using the Tennessee game, Jacksonville at home, losing by a wide margin is a sign that they're fine without Bortles thrown effectively. I, I watched the entire game. It was played even for two and a half quarters. Okay. Misleading final score. Six, three at halftime. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we can find any point of any, you know, I, well, just, the Jacksonville well, game against Houston, RJ. I mean, they look, I great. guess, I guess maybe because here comes my best bat, the Tennessee Titans, <laughs> the Tennessee Titans in this game. I'm going to keep this one simple. I am good. I think that the Seahawks, there's just this sense of, oh, they're the Seahawks. I mean, this O line, uh, I mean, how bad is it? Is this, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to have the challenge. It's the Bengals, it's the Giants, it's Seattle. I mean, is Seattle certainly one of the five worst O lines? Yes. So you got a Tennessee team at home, now, historically not a great home field. But we know the Seahawks do not play well on the road. Uh, to me, at two and a half, we're laying less than a field goal. It's saying that this Seattle team is clearly better than Tennessee. And I'm just not sure right now that's the case. So for me, this is a very simple handicap. You got a Tennessee team that's starting to feel their oats, and they certainly want to have a statement win. So I think motivation is certainly not a problem. You got a Seahawks team that looked really bad against the 49ers 
an offensive line that how does it get better? Right? There's some things in the NFL you can change schematically. There's some positions you can bring in a new running back and he lights it up. You don't do that on the O-line. And they Thoughts? look, Seattle had every motivation in the world to light up San Francisco last week, coming off an embarrassing week one loss, going home, playing a bad team in your division, 12-9. I mean, they just couldn't. I mean, 12-6 or 12-12-9. They couldn't get anything going. This Tennessee team, the Sharps backed them preseason. The Sharps backed them heavy week one. We all knew Oakland's a little better than we thought. They lose to Oakland. Sharps back them again last week, and they absolutely looked like the team the Sharps were backing in the second half. I think there's only one way to lean here, and it has to be to the home team, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I like your handicap, RJ. I like the under as well in this game. We talked about this game last so 42. week. 42. Yeah, we talked about this game last week. Remember how we said, well, Russell Wilson, they're not going to risk him against San Francisco because they don't need him, his wheels, to win this game. He won't have to run. Well, all he did was run in that game. On the very first play from scrimmage, he did that read option. He ran for four yards, and a 49er fell right on top of him and pancaked him. He kept running the entire game. They only won the game because he kept running that read option. They're going to realize if they do that 16 straight weeks, he's going to get killed. It's just unsustainable. And you got to wonder... If Tennessee gets up 14, which could happen, a typical good offense, especially in the NFL today, can come back. Does Seattle start hunkering down and saying, hey, let's give this? Because if, if, if Tennessee's defense pins their ears back against this offensive line, I mean, it feels like that Seattle's got to be thinking about Wilson's health the whole year. And Seattle always maximizes how they're going to play in December. We see them start slow. How many times do we see them start two and three and we say, oh, this is the year Seattle's way down. They don't prioritize their September games versus November and December. This might be the best dream preview ever, guys. Really good stuff. And you get Maddie Holt, Steve Fezzik, all the credit. Guys, if you want to follow me on Twitter, because I'm tweeting out everything at pregame that's noteworthy, at RJ in Vegas. Remember, the college pod, Brad Powers, Ken Thompson, great this week. Also, that's up now. Bunch of other stuff going on on my Twitter, and I'll talk to you there. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. Want to know why Attack Each Day was on top of the iTunes charts in its first week? What the hell's going on around here? I ripped my headphones off, spun around, and flinged them. I turned around, and my dad is like three inches from my face. And he says, go get him. Gentlemen, we're going to attack this day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Brought to you by Podcast One Sports. Hear Jim Harbaugh, Jack Harbaugh, and JT Rogan share their stories every Tuesday on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, and podcast1.com Hi, I'm Tavis Smiley. You may know me from my PBS talk show. I'm excited to tell you that I have a brand new podcast that you can hear on podcast1.com. I'll discuss the latest in politics, sports, music, and much more with big thinkers, artists, and celebrities. I'll also share my own opinions and answer some of your questions. So join the conversation on the Tavis Smiley podcast coming to podcast1.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts.